everybody to take up their cross and follow him. That's what he said. He said, you know what? He said, uh, they're going to mock me. They're going to beat me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to do all types of crazy things to me. He said, then they're going to hand me over to sinful men. And those men are going to crucify me. And he told his disciples, he said, if you want to save your life, he said, you need to lose it. And if you lose your life, you're going to find your life. And that is the hardest thing for each and every one of us to do. Because this brain we have here, it's a supercomputer. And the enemy knows it. And I think the first time I had a peanut butter jelly sandwich with milk, I'll never forget. <laughs> My sisters are naming off when they actually gave me peanut butter and jelly for the first time. And peanut butter and jelly calls my name sometimes at night. You ever had that? You be laying in bed and peanut butter and jelly be like, you know, sure we'll be good if we spend a little time together. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want to eat at this time of night. You know, I'm trying to watch my weight. They're like, boy, stop playing. Come on down this hallway. <laughs> Get some of this bread. Get you a little knife out. You know what I'm saying? And then I start, and I'm like, you right, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and then the next day I'm like, man. Peanut butter and jelly took me to a place I ain't want to go. <laughs> Amen. Peanut butter and jelly will take you places you don't want to go. Y'all hear me? But I thank God for the Lord. Um, and it's going to be a little different message today, but it's all about the Passover. So we read the scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 16, if you want to turn there. If you don't have uh, your Bible, use your phone. Technology is amazing. When I was growing up, we used to have to put those little tabs on our Bible to find out where the little, remember the little books like Joel and, and Micah and all that. Remember, you couldn't find them. You'd still be turning. You'd be so embarrassed in church. You'd just give up. Because people are like, it's over. Get his Bible and put him on the right page. But now we got phones. You can just look up Deuteronomy and then click on, you know, chapter 16 and, and do what you do. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Is everybody there? And I'm going to move around a little bit. So I hope, you you know, it's the playoffs. In the playoffs, I got to run plays too. I'm running plays up here. Got my jersey on. It ain't my name. <laughs> I ain't the GOAT. <laughs> All y'all LeBron fans don't got to get mad and stop coming. It's just basketball, okay? People get mad and don't show up no more because they think LeBron dropped six championships. <laughs> Last I was counting, he stopped at four. <laughs> but anyway, let's leave that alone. That's neither here nor there. Let's not bring up old stuff. All right? Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 16, one more time. And I'm going to do this real quick because we've got some good food over there. Deuteronomy chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. And there is some good food that we're going to eat. All right? But we're going to eat unleavened bread this morning and Jesus said you know uh, your father uh, the father didn't give you true the true bread Moses didn't give you the true bread he said but my father is giving you the true bread I'm the only one that ever lived that's without sin that's what Jesus said I, I don't there's no sin in me and I and even when the Roman uh, leader uh, examined him he kept coming back to the people and said I've talked with this man for hours and I can't find no fault in him. But the people yelled out, crucify him anyway. All right? So 
Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 1 says, Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd and the place where the Lord shall choose to place his name there forever. And you shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread uh, therewith the bread of affliction. For you came forth out of the land of Egypt in haste that you may remember the day when you came forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. Exodus chapter 7. So I remember the day that I met my Lord and Savior is something that I will never, ever forget. And I pray that you never forget the day that the Lord saved your life because this perfect work, Philippians 1 and 6, says this perfect work which God has started in each and every one of our lives, he will complete it. So I don't care where you are today. It doesn't matter where you're at. Some of us may be still following him. Some of us may be a little far off. All right. He is going to complete the assignment because he's the one that brought us out of the land of Egypt and out of the Ilka bondage. Do you understand me? Today, I want to look at the little plagues real quick. Some plagues kicked off. Some things the Lord did to Pharaoh, which is symbolic of Satan, just to mess with his head. You know, sometimes when in a boxing ring, you don't pay much attention to the jab, do you? Ali had a great jab. That little jab, people would start walking into that jab because the jab seemed like it was doing nothing. And the Lord is jabbing us sometimes in our life. And it seems as though it's doing nothing. But when that right hand comes, let me tell you something. You never, never see it coming. You never see the right hand coming. That little jab, he looked real pretty when he was dancing around that ring, didn't he? Ooh, boy, he would stretch that jab out. And the person just kept coming because it just. Exodus chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be that prophet. Tell the devil one day it's going to turn around for me. And to you, Satan, I'll seem like a God, and you'll seem like a servant. And you shall speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he shall send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the lands of Egypt. And the first plague that the Lord did over here in verse 14, and he said, get up unto Pharaoh in the morning, because he goes out unto the water. And you shall stand by the river's brink, and when he comes and the rod, which was turned into a serpent in your hand, you shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto thee, saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hereto thou wouldest not hear. Thus saith the Lord uh, in this, you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river and they shall be turned to blood. And he took that staff and he touched the water and everything turned to blood. And even the little Dasani bottle that Harold, you know, Pharaoh had, you know, next to his little throne, the Dasani bottle. You know, we get the Dasani bottle, the Orzarka. When he turned around, even that was blood. 
That was the first jab. Tell somebody that was the first jab. Exodus chapter 8. And the Lord spake unto Moses again. He said, go tell Pharaoh what I said. Whatever it is that, that's deal, that you're dealing with today in your life, I don't care. If we keep finding ourselves going back to it. You tell that thing that's going on in your life that the Lord said, uh, go unto that thing that's in your life and say to it, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And if you refuse to let them go, I'm going to smite all thy borders with the frogs. Tell them that's the second jab. That's jab number two. Y'all hear me? That's the second jab right there. That's Ali in the ring. Hits you with the second jab. But you know what? It didn't put you down, did it, Satan? Second jab didn't put you down. Let's look at chapter 8, verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice. Tell somebody that's the third jab. Let's go to verse number 20 in the same chapter. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. He comes forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, I told you, Satan, let my people go, that they may serve me. And he says here, If you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. And he says in that day he's going to sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which his people lived in Egypt. Amen? Amen. What jab is that? Boom, Ali. Let's go to chapter 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and tell him, thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews. Again, the Lord God of who? The Hebrews. He came unto his own and his own what received him not, but as many as received to them, he's given an opportunity to be sons and daughters. He said, let my people go that they may serve me, because if you refuse to let them go uh, or would hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon what? Your cattle, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your oxen, your sheep, and it shall be what? Very grievous moraine. What jab is that? Yeah. Ali's still dancing, ain't he? Is he still dancing? Yeah. Frazier's still coming, ain't he? He's like, boy, that little jab ain't doing nothing to me. The Lord is laughing. He's like, yeah, but it looked pretty, though. It looked pretty. Let's go to uh, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take you two handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it towards heaven in the sight of Pharaoh, and it shall become small dust in the land of Egypt, and it shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. What jab is that? He's still dancing. Tell somebody, Ali's still dancing. The thriller in Manila. And the Lord said unto Moses in verse 13, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of who? The Hebrews, let my people go that they may what? Serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon your heart and upon your servants and upon your people. And you may know that there is no, that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee 
and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in and, and very deed this cause have I raised you up, Pharaoh, to show in thee my power, and that my name may be, may, uh, be declared throughout all the earth. As yet exhausted, you exalted yourself against my people, that you will not let them go. But tomorrow about this time, I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, such as has not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof. What jab is that? He's still dancing, y'all. Let's go to chapter 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him, and that you may tell in the ears of your son and your son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of who again? How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. And the Lord has sent locusts on Pharaoh. Which one is that? What jab is that? Number eight. Number nine. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand towards heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may be felt, not country dark like I tell you. You know that jacket you're wearing right now? It's so dark it feels like you're wearing a coat. And Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. And what, what, what jab is that? Nine. Oh, we're on jab number 10. Jab. But you know what? Every boxer started getting used to the jab. I was watching this little experiment that the scientist did. He took some sand fleas and put them in a jar. You know that? He put them in this little container where you could see them, and the sand fleas got used to the jar that when he removed, the sand fleas only hopped like they were still in the jar. He said, look at that. Ain't that amazing? And a lot of times in our life, God has removed those things, those obstacles, he just, he's trying to remove the thought process because the jar is now gone, but the fleas only hop and only go as far as that little jar. And they think it's amazing and they feel it. They say, look, I wonder if we can do that with people. Even though the Lord has removed the obstacle, will they still only go as far as the jar? Will they only hop or jump as high as the lid? I wonder if they'll do that. Satan is always sitting back and he thinks that he is all that. And in our lives today, God has removed the barriers because of what? Number 10. Satan was still looking for the jab, but Ali stopped dancing. <clears throat> when Ali stopped dancing, see, sometimes you're playing with people, but when you settle down on your punches and you throw that right hook, they never see it. You faint with the jab, but then you put your whole body into it. But you got to twist with your hips a little bit, and when you connect on that jaw, sometimes things magically happen. The people that were so strong. Y'all remember George Foreman? He was jabbing George, and he was telling George and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You in Africa now, boy. I said, he was talking to George so bad. I said, Ali, why are you talking to that man like that? But when Ali settled down and threw that right hand, it ended George Foreman. We didn't see George for about 20 years, did we? 
George waited for Ali to get old, and then he said, I'm going to go back to boxing because I don't want to deal with that cat no more. And Satan will do that in your life. Exodus chapter 12, the right hand of God. Y'all ever hear of the right hand of God? The Lord threw a right hand in Egypt. And listen, all we got is the Sphinx, pyramids, hieroglyphics, some stolen uh, mummy bodies. <laughs> That's all we got today is, is, is what used to be. You got pictures. That's all you should have. This is me when I was with Satan here in Hawaii. This is me when I was with Satan in Cancun. This one is blacked out because I didn't know where me and Satan were at on that one. <laughs> you just got memories. Because today everything is new. Because God threw a right hand. Amen? Amen. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, chapter 12, and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto thee the beginning of months. This is the beginning of your life. I know you got a past, and I know you've been living in Egypt, and y'all been there for about 400 plus years. But today, God is saying, this is the beginning of your life. Choose ye this day whom you'll serve. Will it be me, or will it be Pharaoh? The choice is yours. That's black sheep. <laughs> I'm sorry, I grew up with hip-hop. <laughs> Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth of this month, shall you take a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him share with his neighbor. Verse five, your lamb shall be without blemish. It's a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Amen. Amen. Verse eight, and you shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, unleavened bread with bitter. They shall eat it. Verse 10, and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remains of it until the morning shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat with your loins girded. You got to be ready. When that right hand is about to drop on George form, you better be ready. Your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. How can we explain Passover? Dre skiing the his. Oh, <laughs> he thought I was talking about Dr. Dre. He thought I was talking about Dr. Dre. He was trying to get his beats, his headphones signed, you know? Is that Dr. Dre? People were running with their headphones. Did you just talking about beats by Dre? That's Dre Ski, baby. He changed his name. His birth certificate is totally different now. Dre Ski. Acts chapter 10 is amazing. Acts chapter 10 is a testimony of a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier, who would pray and give alms to the people. He didn't know who Jesus was, but he would pray. You know, there's people out there praying that don't know who God is. You know, sometimes they just get up and they walk outside, they sit on their porch and they get a cup of coffee and they say, Lord, I don't know if you can hear me. And they begin to pray about whatever it is that's going on in their life. They begin to pray. And this man was faithful. Remember I told you he's a rewarder, right, of those who diligently seek him. And I'm telling you, when God shows up in your life, 
he starts to jab that thing that's going on in your life because sometimes you and I are in the way. <laughs> you ever try to hit somebody or somebody in front? You know what I'm saying? You're like, will you move out the way? Because <laughs> we in the way trying to fix it ourselves and we can't fix nothing. If we had, we'd have fixed the whole world by now because we blame the whole world for all of our problems. It ain't me. It ain't the man in the mirror. It's got to be the person I'm sitting next to. It's got to be the person that I'm working with. It's got to be the white man. It can't be the black man. It can't be the black man. We got problems. We got some issues. We got some things going on. In Acts chapter 10, this man's name is Cornelius. And he was praying. And he has a Passover in his life. That to me is remarkable. I know you don't see it as the Passover, but this man is not a Hebrew. Because we just read in the book of Exodus that he's the Lord God of who? The Hebrews. But he's not a Hebrew. He's just some cat who prays. There's a lot of people in this world that believe that there is a God. But they don't pray to the Most High God. But the Most High God back here in the book of Exodus that Isaiah said, did we not preach this whole gospel to the whole world? He said, I'm the Lord God of the Hebrews. When God went to that woman at the well, she was like, we worship here. He's like, what are you doing there? Because salvation is of what? The Hebrews. I placed my word in Moses and Moses preached it to the children. What is your behind doing over here? That's what he asked her. And then she wanted to try to change the subject. And the Lord said, you can change the subject if you want to. As a matter of fact, let's change it because it's no longer going to be about Jerusalem. He told him, he said, you know what, that temple right there, you can tear it down and I'll raise it up in three days. Yes, he did. And they were like, who are you? He was like, I, well, never mind. But if you can see me, you can hear me and know who I am. I am that temple. God placed his name on that temple. And you know what? It says that if you would pray towards the east, towards that temple, and we know Daniel would get up. Daniel was faithful in praying, wasn't he? He would get up and look towards the east, towards the temple of Jerusalem. And he said, I know that there's a God in Israel. How long will we be in Babylon? And God would answer his prayers. And listen, like I told you last week, you don't know opposition until you begin to serve the most high God. When you take up your cross and say, you know what, Lord, you went to the cross. I'm going to the cross with you. That's what Thomas told him right before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, you know what? He's going back. Lord, they just tried to kill you there. He said, I got to go back. Because he said, Lazarus is just sleeping. They were like, he is on this dope. But Thomas said, you know what he said? Let us go back with him so we can die with him. That's his testimony. But this man, Cornelius, knows nothing about that. He heard the stories of Jesus. And a lot of times the Hebrews thought, sometimes like us, that it's fubu, it's for us and by us, and it's not. It's for the whole world. He came to the whole world. The angels showed up when the shepherds were sleeping, and they said, now there's peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And men came from the east, and the shepherds came from the field to see the Mashiach that God had sent to the whole world to deliver the whole world. And just like you and I that are saved, we carry the message of salvation with us. Are we going to actually speak it? Are we going to work while it's day? Or are we going to keep playing? So Cornelius, this Gentile, sent word to Peter. This angel showed up when he was praying. It blew his mind that an angel showed up and um, started giving him some direction for his life. 
He said, Cornelius, you ain't, you ain't going to make it without Passover. And Cornelius is like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, first there's Passover. And you know what? Seven weeks from today, you know what else we're going to celebrate? The Feast of Weeks, the giving of the Rosh Hokadesh, or the, you know, the Hebrews call the Holy Spirit. And Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 30, I'm just going to try to make it short. And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And a man stood before me in bright clothing. He said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard. Your alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. He said, therefore, send people to Joppa and call Simon, whose name is Peter. He's lodged there at Simon the Tanner by the seaside, who, when he comes, shall speak unto thee. And immediately, therefore, this is him, his conversation with Peter. He said, I sent for you, Peter, and I'm so happy that you have come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God? Listen, all we know is that it was about Cornelius. But Cornelius is just like you and me, praying for our family and for our friends. Those of us that are still praying, we've moved from praying for ourselves and now we are praying for our family, for our friends, for the people that we see walking the streets of Mount Pleasant, the people that are walking the streets of Pittsburgh, the people that are lost, our coworkers, that's who we're praying for now. Because every time I go past the graveyard, I keep looking at nighttime. And I don't want to get there and be a could've, would've, should've. Because I know God is real. I'm not like those that go to the grave that don't know. Your boy knows. Because I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't looking for it. And God snatched my butt up and it was a struggle for years. Because he says, I'm going to send you to the wilderness. And in the wilderness, God begins to teach us his ways and he begins to break us. He has to spiritually take you and I out of the situation that we are in. And the scripture in the New Testament says, be ye transformed. But God started to give them commandments and precepts and statutes. And he says, stop eating all that garbage that feed you. And he changed their diet. And he gave them structure. They were no longer dysfunctional families. He gave them structure to their families. And some of them that didn't even know they were men or didn't even know they were women, he began to teach them that a man doesn't lay with a man like with a woman and vice versa. And matter of fact, that's your mama. Keep your hands off of her. And those animals that they used to lay with in Egypt, you better not lay with them either. He began to give them structure to take them from being dysfunctional to functional. And he says, you know what? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, he says that if you keep my words, if you keep my commandments, he said, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come and blessed when you go. He takes you out of the environment spiritually and begins to feed you unleavened bread, which is him. He begins to feed you his word. Wherewithal shall a young man or woman cleanse themselves is by taking heed according to God's word. So he said, I'm so happy that you came. I'm so happy. He said, Peter. I invited, I hope you don't mind, but I invited a host of people this morning because I kept telling everybody about the angel that showed up at my house. So I told all of my family. He was like Rahab. Remember Rahab, the entrepreneur? 
Why y'all laughing? Why y'all laughing about that entrepreneur? I'm telling you right now. She fed her family every night. <laughs> she had one of the hottest rides in town. She had an Apple 13. She was rolling on doves. Her milk brought all the boys to the yard. Well, ain't that what you want? No, let's talk about it. Ain't that what you're looking for? Can't say it in church, can you? Can't, well, you know, Jesus is here. He don't understand what, what I'm going. Oh, he understands. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, it's better than yours. And you know what's so sad about it is? If Rahab was here, what would she tell the women today? Oh, Rahab was looking for a way out. Who introduced Rahab to that business? Girl, you can make some money. It'll help your family. It'll solve, well, you know, some of your problems. But then you're going to have some other problems. You know how to, don't listen to him, 99 problems, but you know what I'm saying, don't listen to him. You listen to me. Because <laughs> I'm your boy. You know what I'm saying? I'll put you up in a nice house, treat you the way a woman should be treated. But if Rahab was here today, she would say, you know what? I heard about Sarah and Abraham. Ooh! She said, I heard about a woman named Sarah. And Peter said, you know what? Be daughters of Sarah. I would tell you about Judah. That was Jesus' grandpa. He went to the yard sometimes. Sometimes his prayers didn't get through. So him and his boy, the Adulamite, y'all know how it is. We always got a partner, don't we, John? You know, ladies, when his partner come over, you're like, oh, it's him and his friend. He ain't no good. Ah, but if you read the story, you know, his daughter-in-law read the story. It wasn't his friend that was no good. It was Jesus' grandpop that had issues. Cornelius had issues and he would pray every day. And he realized that people in his neighborhood had the same issues. So when they were struggling, he would go out there and try to help them. But we get to a place where we're helping people that we realize that we're not God. I got nothing else left. We can't change our places. We can't change the people. And we can't change the things. Peter, I'm so glad you showed up. And I invited all of these people with me to hear the gospel. What good news do you have for us today? Verse 34, Peter opened his mouth. He said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God don't give two cents about whether or not you're a Hebrew or not. He doesn't care if you're black or white, red, yellow, green, male nor female. He doesn't care about the situation that you are in. He doesn't care about all your problems, the 99 and whatever else you got. But in every nation, he that fears him, those that come to God must first believe that he is 
God and that he is a rewarder to those who seek him. Cornelius somehow heard that he is God and that he's a rewarder to those that seek him. But Cornelius knew that he couldn't make it into God on his own, that he needed a Passover. And, and works righteousness is accepted with him. Righteousness comes by faith. So it reveals to us that Cornelius had some type of faith that only God could change his situation. Verse 36, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism which John preached. You know the story. You heard about it. You got Facebook. You got TikTok. Stop acting like you don't know. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hung on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly not to all people but unto witnesses chosen before of God to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach, tell everybody to preach unto the people, to testify. We had testimony this morning, didn't we? To testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. Passover switched its normal routine. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And while Peter was in the middle of his sermon, he ain't have the organ, that pretty music that Matt's playing right now. He was just up there just telling them, you know what I'm saying? Y'all heard? The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. What's so amazing about it is that Passover is it's what you believe in your heart. Paul wrote, what the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Once <laughs> something happens in our heart, once something takes place in our heart, because it's not the things that are outside of a man that causes him to sin. It's the things that are inside of a man. It's not the things that go in, it's the things that come out of a man. The heart is desperately, you know, what do they say, desperately wicked? Mm-hmm. Who can know it? It is a wicked thing that is inside of you and me and in need of a Passover. It's in need of God to say, you know what, I got this. Ooh, I hated getting my tooth pulled by my father. Remember that line again? Don't tell dad your tooth was loose. He'd be like, come here. No, I'm good. I think I got a couple more weeks left of this tooth. (laughs) And God is telling us this morning, you got something a little loose in there. And Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he says, but you won't come to me that I may heal you. He sent Peter to Cornelius and I'm telling you right now, Cornelius was hanging on every single word of Peter, but what Cornelius didn't know is that the other people that were there with him were hanging on every word too. 
And the Holy Spirit said, I'll take it from here, Peter. Well, well, hey, wait a minute, Holy Spirit. Shouldn't we wait seven weeks because you are the Lord God of the Hebrews? He said, oh, no, 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 son. Remember what I told the woman at the well? It ain't about being a Hebrew no more. It ain't about whether you're black, white, red, yellow, green, male, or female. If a man believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall be saved and his house. Do you remember that? So Peter moved out the way and he went in. The Holy Spirit comes into our life. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I ain't going to leave you the way you are. Imagine if Jesus was here today, none of us would be tripping on the issues that are going on in our life. But he says, I don't want to leave you like that. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Holy Spirit filled not only Cornelius, but all of them that were in his house. And Peter now was in trouble because he had to explain. You know, sometimes you sneak and do some things. But boy, they were just as nosy and accepted to as these people right here at Cornelius' house, the Hebrews that were with Peter were like, are they prophesying? Are they prophesying just like we did in the upper room? He was like, yeah, they are. Ooh, Peter, you in trouble. <laughs> Do you realize what you have done? That was the first time the gospel was taken to somebody that was not a Hebrew. It shook up the world. It shook up the world. The whole world was shook because in Rome now, remember a little leaving, leaving is the whole lump? Well, God took a centurion soldier and saved him and his family. Now God is like, hey, Cornelius, now that you got it, go to work and tell everybody about me. When he saved Legion, remember Legion, the guy that used to hang out in the graveyard? Legion was like, he was clothed and in his right mind. And he said, Lord, I'll follow you to the cross. And he said, no, Legion, that ain't your assignment. I need you to go home because there's a lot of other people just like you. They may not be in the graveyard. They hold down a nine to five job. They drink and drive. They use prescription drugs, and because they're not using illegal drugs, they look down on the people that use illegal drugs. You know what I'm saying? You're getting high off some other stuff while somebody else is getting high off of this and that and think that you're better than them. I'm going to tell you right now, man, the Lord shook up the world. Passover, people think, is just a celebration. We come in and break bread and high five. and No. Like I told you last week, there was a white woman that was watching the civil rights movement and she was moved to tears. Her husband said, don't you take your butt down there because he could look at her face and he could see that she was troubled because she said, baby, out of one blood, God made all the nations on this earth. She said, I'm going. I can imagine him grabbing his wife and saying, don't you take your butt down and it would kill you. And she said, I'm going. What about me and the kids? What about the life that we built? 
What about our dreams? What about our nest egg? I'm trying to go to Florida with you when it's all said and done. That's the American dream. She said, well, I'm, I'm not American. Noah, moved by fear, when God came to him and said, I'm destroying everything and everybody that refuses to serve me. Noah, moved by fear, just like this woman, she was moved by fear. She realized that if she did nothing, that opportunity in her life came, and if she would have did nothing, if she would have did nothing, your opportunity is today, and if you choose to do nothing, she got up off the couch, got in her car, her husband and the children are looking at her drive away. Two weeks later, the clan shot her in her head. Can't make this up. She took up her cross and she followed Jesus. And just like Noah, she condemned this world and everything that was going on in it. Jesus, turn to 1 John. If I could find it. I need those little tabs again. Anybody got any extra tabs that I can put in my Bible? Y'all heard. First John 3 and 8. This woman right here, full of the Holy Ghost, made a decision to go to a place where Satan was using people. Remember, Satan took the Hebrews, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Satan used the children, listen to me, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to kill the Mashiach. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The reason why Jesus came into the world, John writes it right here. And I imagine that that man's wife quoted this scripture to her husband. She said, Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God. But listen, baby, he told each and every one of us to take up our cross and follow him. And her husband couldn't say nothing because he's a believer too. And he just... Watched his wife drive away. It says here in 1 John 3 and 8, just listen. I, I know sometimes it's trying to jump around the Bible is a little tough. It says, he that commits sin is of the devil. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter what color you are. Whoever commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. If you remember Peter's testimony in Acts chapter 10, when he was talking to Cornelius, he said, Jesus went around healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. If you're sitting here today, only you know what's going on in your life. The people that were with Cornelius, he invited them, but he didn't know what was going on in their heart. And when the gospel was preached, 
Cornelius thought he was the only one. <laughs> no, you ain't. Everybody in that room received Jesus as their Passover, and they received the Rosh Hokadesh, the Holy Spirit, and they prophesied and they worshiped God. And listen, I don't know what happened to the rest of their life, but I bet you they put their life on the line. They put the, they put their life on the line, y'all. If you're here today, come on, everybody stand up. Hey, yes. I worship and adore. If you're here today and, and maybe you haven't been here in a while and, and things are going on in your life and you're like, I am so tired of this.